Angelina Tran was stabbed over 107 times within a matter of 12 minutes by her stepfather who had known her mostly her whole life. Welcome to the third episode of Patterns of Behavior podcast, where we focus on the people behind the crime and also try to focus mostly on their patterns of behavior because the patterns that people have on their behavior typically say a lot more about who that person is and gives you more of a glimpse into what their motivation was, if something was an accident, and especially if something was done out of maliciousness. Angelina lived with her mother and her stepfather, the two of whom had been dating for 19 years before they got married in 2022, which means that at 21 years old, Angelina's stepfather had known her for the majority of her life since she was about one and a half to two years old. And the three of them lived together in a beautiful home in the Beacon Hill neighborhood of Seattle, Washington. And Beacon Hill is a very unique neighborhood as it's extremely diverse. In fact, let me go over some of these statistics with you. Beacon Hill is 72.5% people of color and 45.5% Asian. In fact, 61.1% of the inhabitants of that neighborhood speak a second language and are at the very least bilingual. And of those languages leading the pack is Spanish and Vietnamese. 33% have graduated from college and the median income is typically around $63,000. So you can really call it a middle class to like a middle upper class neighborhood. And Angelina Tran was a student at the University of Washington studying engineering. In fact, the upcoming school year before she passed away was supposed to be her last and final senior year. Angelina's professor stated that she was, quote, a superb student who was very enthusiastic about her design research. And in fact, she was very passionate about design that involved inclusivity and accessibility. And in fact, she was, quote, involved in several directed research groups, including one on designing a toolkit for peer support for community safety and another on analyzing wilderness medicine data from a southeast Alaskan field site. And in addition, she involved herself in a lot of activities both on and off campus, volunteering a lot of her time towards giving back to the elderly community. Angelina Tran, her mother and her stepfather, lived on the 5300 block of 31st Avenue. And that block of that neighborhood in Beacon Hill isn't a dead end or even a cul-de-sac, but it has an L-shaped road, which means that at the very least, it's a very private block. Now, in the early morning of August 7, 2023, at 4.43 a.m., surveillance video that's pointed directly into the household at the living room and the kitchen area shows Angelina's mother and Angelina's stepfather, 54-year-old Nyep Kind Joe, getting into an argument about money when all of a sudden you see her stepfather start punching Angelina's mother in the face upwards of 15 times. Now, they live in a home where I believe the living room and kitchen area is on the top floor and the bottom of the house is where the bedrooms are. And Angelina, I believe, was sleeping somewhere downstairs in her room when she heard the commotion at that early hour. So she gets up, perks up out of bed and immediately comes up the steps into the kitchen area and immediately stands between her mother and her stepfather, while her stepfather is still continuing to punch her mother, and because Angelina gets in the way, she starts to take the brunt of the attack as well. 
Now, because the surveillance video has not been released to the public, I do not know how long it took Angelina's stepfather to punch her mother 15 times, but I'm assuming it was within a matter of a couple of minutes, which means that Angelina, from the middle of her deep sleep, was able to wake up, assess what was going on, get up out of bed and up the stairs before it progressed any further, which in my mind and assessment means that it probably wasn't the first time that she had witnessed domestic violence from her stepfather to her mother, because typically, I would assume, especially when you wake up out of a deep sleep, that's the kind of stuff that makes you go, what's that noise? What, what is, is that coming from inside the house? Is that coming from outside? And that alone can take several minutes for you to even assess what's going on, let alone wake up enough to be like, oh, I have to get up and do something. So I'm assuming the fact that she had such a quick reaction time would make me assume that this most likely was not the first time. So Angelina starts to grab onto her stepfather as he is continuing to assault them. And it gives her mother enough time to wiggle away and run down to a different bedroom where she is finally able to call 911 for help. And it is at this time that Angelina, while holding her stepfather, they move further away from the kitchen where in the middle of the floor is this fold up dog pen, if you will. It's not a big one. I'm assuming they have a smaller dog, but it's one of those ones that doesn't have a top that allows you to kind of configure it into either a circle or a square, whatever it is, so that you can kind of limit the area that your dog is able to play in, but it's bigger than a crate, if you will. And one of those is sitting right in the middle of the room. And it's at this point while Angelina is struggling with her stepfather that they both fall onto the floor, knocking over this dog playpen. And then as Angelina's stepfather steps back up, he grabs Angelina, who's laying on top of the fallen over crate. And while trying to grab her, he actually grabs a part of the crate as well. And he drags all of it, including Angelina, closer to the kitchen cabinets and then opens up one of the kitchen drawers that contains multiple sharp knives and grabs one of the knives and immediately starts stabbing Angelina repeatedly in the chest. Now picture this, if you will. Angelina is being held up by her stepfather while getting stabbed in the chest, and she's doing whatever she can to try to get away from him. And at points, she even tries to turn around to get run away from him and get away from him, at which point her stepfather starts stabbing her repeatedly in the back. So the majority of her torso, the front and the back is just repeatedly getting stabbed as she's trying to get away, at which point she falls to the floor again. Now, if you didn't know from the beginning of this episode, being stabbed over 107 times, it's it's really gory. So the stepfather continues to stab Angelina until the police report, quote, says that there was no more signs of life in her body at which point he continues to keep stabbing her. And throughout this period, he even takes breaks a couple of times, mostly to just like take a breather, if you will. But at one point, while he's completely drenched in blood, he walks away to change. And he later tells police that it's not because he was trying to cover up evidence. And like you see in all the movies and TV shows to try to get rid of the evidence that's completely soaked in blood, because again, that's going to get you convicted of murder because it's evidence. That wasn't the reason why he went to change. In fact, he decided to go change because 
the early morning in Seattle, Washington, apparently being soaked in blood, he was starting to get cold. And then on the way back from getting changed, he decides to go back into that kitchen drawer that holds all the knives and grabs a meat cleaver, returns back to Angelina's body and continues to stab her. And at points, like I said before, taking breaks to take a breather where he would literally stand up, take a breath, walk around maybe. And at one point, he even went to go look for his wife. And as rudimentary as this may sound, if he had not taken a single break and stabbed her 107 times, as ruthless and inhumane as that is, it could still be called a crime of passion. And the reason why I know that is because I actually know of someone within a circle who I believe caught his wife or girlfriend cheating on him, and he literally caught them in the act. And he started beating up on the other man, and at one point the man was able to wiggle free and get away. And he started, he ran down the stairs and out of the house, at which point the this guy had the chance to stop. When you have a crime of passion and there is a momentary lapse where you're not doing it anymore, in the eyes of the American legal system, it's, it's seen as you being able to have a moment to snap yourself out of it. But this person, after allowing the person to walk, run all the way downstairs, jumped out of the bedroom window as he was leaving the front door, jumped up on him and continued to beat him within an inch of his life. And because of that, it was no longer just a crime of passion. You know, I was in filled with rage. I saw red and I started doing something before I was able to stop myself. You can't claim that anymore because that moment, those couple of seconds when you stop, theoretically from a behavioral psychological standpoint, that should be enough time for you to go, holy cow, what am I doing? I, this You're not supposed to, you know what I mean? So when Angelina's stepfather was able to take multiple breaks, it proves that it was no longer a crime of passion. It becomes premeditated because you have time to mediate, to meditate, to think over with your brain what you're doing and what you're doing shouldn't be done. And again, all of this happens within a matter of 12 minutes because at 4.55 a.m., the police arrive at their front door and the police find Angelina's mother whose face is covered in blood along with Angelina's grandmother waiting for the police. And when the police go inside, they find Angelina's stepfather covered in blood, even though he had changed, still holding a knife, stating that he killed somebody with fresh wounds still on his right hand. And unfortunately, when they go upstairs, they find Angelina on her back, unalive. Now, after being read as Miranda writes, Angelina's stepfather admitted through a Vietnamese translator that hours before the slaying, he had gone to an urgent care for high blood pressure and trouble sleeping. And then he admitted to the fact that he punched his wife because he was angry at her. You see, he thought that his wife was going to divorce him and take all of his money, even though she did not do or say anything to suggest that she was either going to leave him or take his money. In fact, he went on to admit that if the police had not arrived, he would have killed his wife. 
which is a wild thing for someone to say. And we don't have the transcript of the police interview, obviously, but it's weird that he would go on to make an excuse as if, you know, I had this high blood pressure and I had trouble sleeping. So I was just like out of it. I didn't really know what was going on, but also like, hey, also if you guys didn't arrive, I would have killed my wife. Did they have any of the specifics of the financials? Not that any amount of money is worth a life, but did they have some specifics of what kind of money we were talking about? Yeah, so that's a really good question. You see, uh, for those of you joining us for the first time, that's uh, my producer, Ron. Um, but when Angelina's stepfather was arrested, he was actually put on $5 million bail. In fact, the reason for that bail, which actually it's even absurd that he was giving a bail or bond at all, um, but they were stating that he was a flight risk because just as early as April of that year, so just four months prior, he had just returned back from Vietnam. And even though they didn't give a specific number, they did state in the court documents that he was well off financially enough to the point that they could make him a flight risk, which is insane that someone who stabbed someone over 107 times was able to take breaks to go change, again, not for evidential reasons, but because it was cold, because his shirt was soaked, soaking wet in blood, that that person was able to be given a chance to get out of jail, even though the court deemed that he was not only a flight risk, but, quote, a danger to society. Imagine being able to murder someone in cold blood, not even, like, okay, not that it's in any way okay whatsoever, but spousal abuse happens. But imagine being able to murder a child that you helped raise since they were essentially a baby and then letting that person be able to leave prison to be able to enter society again until the court date, that's wild to me. Whether it's $5 million or $50 million, why is that person given the chance? And I know many people are probably wondering how the mother could have just ran away and let that happen to her only daughter. And to that, Again, if we look at the patterns of behavior, I'm assuming this wasn't the first time. And not only was she running away for her life, but again, as I said before, imagine the type of person who's able to stab their child, let alone 107 times, a kid that you raised, even if it wasn't your blood, since they were a baby. And I honestly believe that Angelina's mother had no idea that anything along those lines would have happened because even if the beatings had happened before, it obviously had never escalated to the point of unaliving somebody. In addition to the fact that we don't really know if the stepfather had abused Angelina before as well. It could have been a thing where Angelina's stepfather beat both the mother and Angelina before, probably primarily the mother, you know, and realistically, the police did respond pretty quickly. 12 minutes is a decent response time. And I think from a logical standpoint, it's very reasonable to assume that it wouldn't escalate to that level within that short amount of time. Because I think from Angelina's mother's standpoint, 
I truly believe she thought that once she had called 911, that was going to solve and end things, that hopefully the police were going to get there fast enough. The fact that she didn't believe that her husband at the time was had it in him to be able to kill the only child that they helped raise. But I think if anything, this story says more about the type of person that Angelina Tran was. Because if you look at all of her behaviors before this incident, she was nothing but a giving person. The major that she chose, the concentration in her major that she chose, all of it was to better other people's lives, especially trying to help the people that are less privileged than her, which is evidenced by the fact that she was passionate about engineering designs that helped with inclusion and accessibility. Not to mention the fact that she spent majority of her free time volunteering to enrich the lives of elderly people. So when you look at it from that standpoint, Angelina was definitely the type of person who in the middle of the night, instead of worrying about what, oh, am I going to get enough sleep? Oh my God, this is so loud. She instantly was a type of person who, whether or not her stepfather had laid hands on her before, she was the type of person who did not hesitate to get in between her stepfather and her mother to be able to save her mother's life. So with her actions, clearly she's dealt with that before. There was no mentions of previous calls to the police or anything uh, from previous assaults at all? No, in fact, the reason that the father was given a bond or a bail at all was because the only other infraction he had on his record was something to do with fishing. So it was a nonviolent crime. I think it was something that was like ticket worthy. So there was nothing on record, even though we know that the majority of domestic violence cases do not get reported to the police. In fact, according to the American Journal of Public Health, 20% of the homicides that occur during domestic violence isn't from the abuser to the victim, but actually involves a third party person who's trying to intervene, which is the reason that by far domestic violence calls are the most lethal and has the highest risk of death for police officers to respond to. And according to the book, Men Batter Women by two University of Washington psychology professors, Neil Jacobson and John Gottman, the same school that Angelina Tran was a student at, there are two types of abusers, pit bulls and cobras. And just to make sure that I get this right, I'm going to read from the excerpt. Pit bulls engage in power and control, but when the legal system gets involved, they back down. In fact, they accept their fate, perhaps go look for a new victim, and it does not result in lethality. However, people that are classified as cobras are inherently more dangerous because the people who are cobras, when they're engaging in the abuse that escalates to physical abuse, their heart rates drop, their blood pressure also decreases, they actually become calmer as they engage in this power controlling behavior. And if you think back to Angelina Tran's stepfather's behavior, and this part is the ironic part because he was specifically talking about the fact that hours before the slaughter happened, he had to go to urgent care for high blood pressure and inability to sleep. And if you know, and if you haven't been able to sleep, you know how weird you feel that out of body feeling that you have. And from what is described on what happened in that household, what was caught on that security footage, it seems that Angelina Tran's stepfather 
was obviously a Cobra because he was able to not only collect his thoughts and then have the ability to make a decision that because I'm covered in blood and soaking wet and because it's early morning, I'm really cold. That does not sound like the behaviors of someone who is caught up in the moment, who's panicking. That to me sounds like someone who has the calmness in his mind to be able to think about himself in the middle of brutally murdering someone that he helped raise, that he held in his arms, that he helped teach walk, that he probably helped teach ride a bike, do their homework, cooked food for them after school, before school, packed their lunches possibly, probably taught them how to drive, sent them off to college, all of the above. The person who's able to do that and in the middle of that, able to go and change, grab a different knife because, you know, might as well try something new. That's terrifying. What's even more terrifying is that that person was given the ability to make bail. So pit bulls at least have somewhat of a fear. Um, and then cobras just seem more like psychopaths where they once they get into that rhythm, that's almost where they're most comfortable yeah, it's almost like the chaos in their lives calms down. And if I had to describe a cobra just in the way that you see how they're like in their element, even though like the, you know, the manic behavior isn't necessarily there, maybe in a different way. I think of the show Dexter when Dexter He's so methodical in the way that he does it there. And when he's in that moment, it's kind of like that's who he is. And it's it's like his natural habitat, which then also says, which I feel like says even more about the type of person that Angelina's stepfather was. Because again, if you listen to the things that he said, when he stated that he hit his wife because he was angry, which is apparently justified in his head, and the fact that he thought it was okay to murder his wife because in his imagination, he thought that he was going to leave her, not because of anything she said or did, but because he allowed his insecurity and his small ego to eat away at him to the point where he came up with this imagination and probably in matter of seconds was able to envision what was going to happen when his what it's going to look like when his wife leaves him taking all of his money maybe like in this community where there's a large vietnamese population like what are the neighbors going going to think and in that moment he decided the best thing to do was to murder his family and then be able to do that so calmly to the point that when the police arrived, he just was like, yeah, I killed somebody. I mean, what are we going to do? That that entitlement, that privilege, I don't know. It says to me that it says to me that he probably isn't the type of person that should have gotten a bail. And on the flip side, to honor Angelina's life and her legacy, caring about other people, her friends and family, including her mom, got involved in setting up a GoFundMe to be able to donate to the National Asian Pacific Center for Aging, so that she can have her legacy of how she cared for the elderly to live on. 
and I don't know why this always happens this way, but it's always the really good ones that are taken so early on. And it's horrible that someone who was literally an angel on earth went out in such a horrific and painful way. And in my TikTok video, when I originally reported on this as it happened, I stated in that video that from what I understand of Angelina's behavior, of the type of person that she was, being able to get up in the middle of the night, being able to, without hesitation, step in between her mother, that knowing what she know would know about what would happen to her, that she wouldn't do anything differently. And I actually had a couple of people that knew her personally reach out and or comment in that video and stated that that was the most accurate thing that they've heard about Angelina Trant. And it's an honest shame because with the type of intelligence that she had to be able to go into engineering and the empathy and the emotional intelligence that she had to be caring and to look out for other people and even have the ability to think about people who don't have the same advantages as her in life, it's really a shame because we lost out on someone who could have helped change the world. But in fact, she gave her life to be able to change her mother's life for her to be able to live on. And that is a choice that she made. And that's something that we should honor. With that being said, if you are in immediate danger, please call 911 immediately. But if you are a victim of spousal abuse, please reach out to the 24-hour National Violence Domestic Hotline at the numbers provided below or at thehotline.org. And they have the resources to help you with confidential shelters, counseling, child therapy, and even legal help. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of Patterns of Behavior, where we dive into the people behind the crimes. If you would like to help with keeping this podcast sustainable, please think about becoming a Patreon member. Make sure you watch the podcast on YouTube. And if you are, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. Otherwise, thank you for listening to another episode, and I will see you on the next one.